0: All right, so who's who's opening the champagne? You
1: wanted to, so go for it. If we All open right. a second one, I'll do the second one.
0: Oh my god, it's so much harder than <laughs> the one that we usually have.
1: Careful, it doesn't hit you in the face.
0: It's not coming out. You need help? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my
1: god. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Twilight! <laughs> Welcome to the Twilight Podcast. I mean... Twilight episode of our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, If you are listening, uh, then
0: you won't see this, but we are on camera, actually. you could be
1: watching on YouTube.
0: Yeah, we're at Read and Repeat Podcast on YouTube, so if you want to see a recording of us...
1: um, Go there. Go there, yeah. Cheers to Twilight. So I'm Taylor. I'm Juliana. And we are twin sisters, and this is our podcast where we... Uh, reread books that we read when we were younger and then talk about them. So today's conversation is about <laughs> Twilight. So as you can see um, by our our shirts, we had a little bit of fun with this one. Mm-hmm. So handmade by Juliana.
0: Yeah, if you're if you're only listening, uh, I did go a little bit ham and uh, make some fun Twilight shirts for us. The one that I'm wearing says the Twilight Zone in the Twilight
1: font. And mine says, "This is the skin of a killer, Bella," with the little poison frog on it that Juliana painted. So, yeah, hand painted. painted.
0: I get a little bit closer. I'm very proud of that frog. Uh, We'll probably post on the Instagram too, just so you can see, uh, get a better feel for what the shirts look like. But I'm very proud of this. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't use any stencils. I just like fully hand painted this. So I'm I'm proud.
1: But. As you can tell, we're really excited about our Twilight podcast because this is the first one. This is the first book that we're doing that is really, um, it was really popular. Everyone knows pretty much what Twilight is. If not, we'll give you a little synopsis. But um, yeah, like Juliana said, we're gonna post pictures of this on the Instagram for y'all to see. The Instagram is at Read and Repeat Podcast, just like YouTube, so you can easily find us there.
0: Ampersand or and? The word and.
1: And. It's the word and. Yeah. It's I'm the word I'm pretty sure in most places it's the word, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can find us there. We're also on Twitter, but um, we, we don't really use it. I mean, who uses Twitter anymore, right? Yeah, so yeah. you Probably can a lot of people. forget about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so today we're going to be talking about Twilight, obviously. If you haven't read it, it's a story about a girl who moves from Arizona to Washington State, uh, goes from the sun to the woods in the rain and uh, meets a vampire. Yep. Basic. And, yeah, pretty basic. And and their epic love story. It's about their it's their epic love story. Yeah. But there is some there's some danger and violence and excitement all throughout or not really all throughout. I <laughs> mean, mean the, the danger kind <laughs> of is the conflict like it, that's, that's true. Main, we'll, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, about
0: that. that but, but now
1: um <laughs> if you haven't read Twilight or even seen the movie, spoiler alert. We will be talking about plot points, so this is your chance to pause the video or podcast, go read it, and then come back and watch. Or if you just want it to, if you don't care, it doesn't matter, just want to listen to us talk, then... Uh...
0: Like, at this point, if you don't know what's happened in Twilight, like, you probably don't care.
1: Yeah. So... And I don't blame you, but we're here <laughs> to revive... I mean, Twilight, we're, I feel like we're kind of at the end of the Twilight yeah. Renaissance, but it's still going through its, like, Renaissance phase, so we're excited to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, jump in on that a yeah. little bit. It's so
1: I guess we should talk about our past reflections cuz as of the point of the podcast, we've read this both before. Um, when it first came out when we were younger. So you want to talk about what you thought of the book when it came out? When you first read it?
0: Yeah. So um yeah, so I'll talk about when I when we first read it when we were mm-hmm. we were 12. It came yeah, out like say. 2000 I want to say. Or the book might have come out in 2005. I think the movie came out in 2008. But that was around the time when we were reading it. Mm Because I think what happened was the movie was coming out and so it was getting a big boost. And our aunt had read the books and she recommended
1: it to our mom. So we read the books with our aunt and our mom.
0: Right. And that was when also like everyone in school started reading it Mm -hmm. too. So it was was like a a very communal reading experience. And I remember that's the, honestly, probably for me, the only reason I even picked it up in the first place. Because... I was like, premise-wise, I was like, this doesn't sound like it's for me. And I wasn't super into the concept, but I wanted to be in on the whole, you know, yeah, phenomenon. phenomenon. So yeah. I was like, all right, I'll read it too. And so I remember my, like, initially reading it, like, I, I enjoyed, I think, the story to an extent, but I really think it was the buzz around it that that helped me be into it. Because um, I will say, I, I will each talk about our our personal alliances, but of course there was the whole Team Edward, Team Jacob scenario. And in that, I definitely felt more heavily on the Team Jacob side. It just is what it is. Um, And I honestly didn't like Edward at all, really. Um, Wasn't a big fan of him as like a character, as a love interest. It just wasn't my fantasy. An Edward type character, I would say, and I think for a lot of people that the Team Edward Team Jacob thing was all about, you know, first of all, a great marketing it really was idea, but also second of all, it was really about which one you prefer, right? Which one would you date? Which one are you more attracted to? And it was it was for me, it was Jacob. So, uh, but I remember the most fun was just having a lot of debates with our friends about the characters yeah. and talking about, um, you know. What characters we liked what characters we didn't
1: arguing about it um going to see the movies as oh a group. yeah we went to the midnight premiere of the twilight movie
0: yeah it was wow. so funny because it really wasn't even for me about the story or enjoying the story itself so much i'll talk about now how i feel about it like when we get into, the actually, yeah, get into that actually like, like this time like i'm a bit you know we have a different perspective as 26 year olds than we did as 12 year olds but at the time i didn't really care for most of the characters i didn't really like the story but I loved the experience yeah. of it all.
1: Yeah. I definitely enjoyed the experience. I also don't know if this is something I probably, because it was so popular, I might've found my way to it anyway. Um, if our aunt hadn't recommended it, but I actually do remember really enjoying the story. All four of the books. Like I remember reading them each multiple times and like very quickly. Cause they came out relatively close to each other, at least whenever we were reading it, like maybe the first two were out. Um, and so I remember like being really into the story and then all of like the backlash around the movies kind of ruined it for me. So this is actually the first time I've reread Twilight since then, since the movie came out, which is a long time, especially considering how often we would read books. Like it'd be a book that I'd be like, oh, I want to pick it up. But I felt like I couldn't because it was like, oh, Twilight is completely ruined for me because of yeah. the movie, because of what people are saying about the movie, because of what people are ta- are saying about Um, Kristen Stewart and her performance like I just I couldn't do it um but I uh I did actually enjoy them I definitely enjoyed them when I was reading them I wouldn't say it was like oh my god like this is the best book I ever read but I definitely enjoyed it enjoyed the story and you know I'll talk about how I feel about it now um and then the other thing I was gonna say was I don't remember. Team Edward
0: or Team Jake? Oh, yeah,
1: that's it. Thank you. Um, I think I was originally more Team Edward in the first book only because... Jacob wasn't in the first book that much. And then by the second book, I was like, definitely team Jacob. But I don't remember feeling super strongly about it until after the second book. And it was team Jacob. Because like the first book, I was just like, I guess I'm team Edward because I don't know anything about Jacob.
0: I think that's the thing, though, is that all the books were out or almost all the books were out by the time we started. Yeah. So we probably went from one to the next. Yeah. So So I do think there was a a
1: brief period where I was team Edward only because I'd only read the first book and then I read the second book and I was like, yeah, team Jacob. I think I'd still probably be team Jacob, but like not not by a lot, I guess. It's a it's a
0: different it's a different ball game when it, you're yeah. You're comparing how how you are as a 12-year-old to how you are as a 26, yeah. almost 27.
1: i I'm more a team neither of them, but
0: I, I think I'll get we'll, we'll get into Yeah, it. yeah we'll I'll get into it. Yeah, go. Exactly. Especially especially cuz we only reread the first book.
1: Yeah, we only and reread read the first. And you get more
0: of that whole kind of set up later.
1: So we're honestly <laughs> not really going to be talking about Team Edward or Team Jacob too much. Not too much. Not for um, this one. This
0: is really just the Bella and Edward show. Yeah.
1: For real. So you want to talk about how you felt like reading it through this time?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like we'll get into it more when we talk about the actual stuff. Yeah.
1: But no, but just like just high level topics. thoughts, you know.
0: Yeah. Like overall thoughts. I mean, I feel like it was just a completely different experience because I was going into it with the mindset of... Of wanting to be more analytical, also having a new perspective on life compared to you know preteen me, yeah, um, and having a new perspective on teenagers, on relationships, on uh, like people in general and how people function, um, and kind of applying that to these characters in a new way. Um, so, so I was able to kind of enjoy the books in a different way than I would have. Um, just from a more, finding them more intriguing and interesting. And I was less interested in, on a surface level, do I like this character or not? Do I like this plotline or not? And more interested in digging in deeper and saying, okay, well, what's going on here with these characters? What speaks to me? What doesn't speak to me? And what do I think that the story is trying to do? And what is it doing for me or not doing for me?
1: And I mean, I think theoretically, like we'd be doing that with any of the books that we've been reading, but I do feel like it was different with Twilight even because it was such a big 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 book in our existence in terms of just like everyone we knew read it um going back to revisit it, I definitely had more of that same mindset of like okay i'm i'm here, I'm here to see what is what and like understand these different relationships and not you know necessarily pick things apart but like just like dive into like what is being said and how do I interpret it now and like what do what do I think about it now I had a great time reading this book again it it's been over 10 years um so I was I was excited I was like I actually felt like yeah this is the time like I am ready to reread twilight um and so I was excited and honestly it didn't disappoint me I enjoyed it I enjoyed the process like I definitely picked out things that I I wouldn't have thought of like when I was younger and I definitely found things where I was like, yeah, this is not, not even necessarily the story I remember, but um, it, it, it it entertained me. I had a great time.
0: <laughs> I would say like I had a, a great time in a sense. And then in another sense, uh, it was almost stressful because I feel like I had so many thoughts going on. I would read like a line and then it, my brain would go off in a whole tangent. I'd have like a whole essay in my head about what I think, this line means yeah. or what this character's doing or how this what I think it, why I think Bella is the way she is or whatever kind yeah. of <laughs> some ridiculous stuff like that. So it was kind of almost hard for me to get through but not because I wasn't enjoying it. More because I was probably overthinking like yeah. everything. <laughs> Whereas
1: uh, maybe I underthought things, but I I like flew through it kind of um because I was reading it while I was on the subway. I had it on my phone on the Kindle app and so I would just read it like in 10 minute spurts when I was going to and from school and oh man like it would make those train rides really short I'd be I'd get off the train and be like oh I wish I wish my commute was longer <laughs> <So> <laughs> no one ever um that's so. a good
0: that's a good testament to the series. it
1: is no, it was it was a good time we're gonna get into our segment where we read the first line of the book
0: yeah and now so there's, I'll give it to you if you want there's like the prologue or like it's like a preview like a prologue, and then preface, there's and then preface, and then
1: there's... I think we gotta go with the first line of the preface, though. Yeah.
0: Okay, so, first line of Twilight, kind of iconic. <laughs> I'd never given much thought to how I would die, though I'd had reason enough in the last few months. But even if I had, I would not have imagined it like this. So, mm. yeah, and then there's like a... Whole, I actually like this little preface thing. It, it doesn't... It's 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 of... um. A scene that happens later in the book but it doesn't come back to this yeah like we don't see this come up again but it's it's like basically obviously what's happening is Bella's in a more in mortal danger and she's reflecting on um her life her life and death yeah um
1: death and how she got to that point yeah death
0: is like a big theme too of this series yeah I was
1: gonna say it only gets more
0: and and I think we should read this one you have highlighted, or I I don't know if I'm the one who highlighted it on the, the I don't think I I the think Kindle you version. Would have highlighted it, but
1: um, but uh, it's a little bit further down. It's a little
0: bit further down, and and it says, "But terrified as I was, I couldn't bring myself to regret this decision. When life offers you a dream so far beyond any of your expectations, it's not reasonable reasonable to grieve when it comes to an end." So that is her, because she's actually the one who chose to put herself in this dangerous situation, and we'll talk about it later. Um, in order to basically
1: save the people that she loves and I think it says a lot about her and launches really nicely into our discussion about Bella and the kind of person that she is which is very accepting of her circumstances yes, and, and understanding of her circumstances pragmatic about her circumstances like it just is and this is what she has to work with and she's very accepting of that
0: yeah, it really is. It's yeah. it's very interesting because I find myself respecting that yes, more I now agree. Uh, as 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 a person of as the person I am now than I probably did when I was twelve. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It sets her up really nicely, which is great for a first person perspective novel where like that the whole time we're following the same character and it's really about her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that kind of brings us into our discussion about Bella. And so as you were saying. Very practical, pragmatic about her situation. It is what it is. Yeah, ready she, to accept.
1: She she might not be happy about it, but she acknowledges that she's not happy. And then is just like, yeah, I'm not happy, but it is what it is. So she does, I don't know if she lets her unhappiness go, but almost in a sense.
0: Yeah. And it, so... It depends on the situation, too. There are right. some things that she's not accepting about. True. But yeah, I, I, when it comes to situations mostly surrounding... Um, as long as she's doing something, I think for the sake of her loved ones, she feels that it's worth it.
1: For example, the main or the beginning thing is her move to Forks from Phoenix. And so she doesn't want to live in Forks with her dad. She definitely wants to stay in Arizona with her mom, but her mom and her mom's boyfriend, they're not married yet, right? No. Yeah. I think it's either fiance or boyfriend. Yeah. Um, who's like a professional baseball player? He's got to move or, or minor, sit, league? minor league. I don't know, it's technically professional, but a yeah. uh, minor league baseball player who's got to move around a lot. So she didn't have to move to Forks, but she did to make it easier for her mom and uh, and Phil. Phil. Yeah. Phil is his name.
0: Yeah, so that's where we start out. She's a 17 year old girl who has basically lived with her single mom for her whole life in Phoenix, Arizona. Who and her mom is kind of described as being flighty and eccentric and out there and maybe not the most responsible person. And not the
1: most pragmatic, I would say. Not the most... Uh, uh, like, Bella has become her opposite kind of out of necessity.
0: Yeah. Um, which really is interesting in how it sets up Bella's character because when we we see that she's basically choosing this, uh, to leave her life with her mom behind, to move in with her dad, and we get to see basically... That she and her dad are kind of the same They're person. They're very similar. In a way. And it almost feels like a lot of the time throughout the book, you kind of see Bella as as a, a child who probably had to compensate for her mother's sort of out there, maybe responsible personality by taking on a lot of like emotional and physical responsibility mm-hmm. for other people around her. So... It, you kind of see that expanding into her interactions with ev- with all the other characters in the book. Yeah. Um,
1: Especially her dad, because yeah. as similar as she is for her dad, she also, he's a very, like, low-maintenance, eat-whatever-is-around-for-dinner, like, not necessarily gonna clean. He, he's a police chief, he's, you know, always working, so. Or fishing. He really likes to fish so he's not really like the most thoughtful about the household chores and so right away she's like well i know how to cook and i want to have something more than like take out every night so i'll cook dad and then she ends up cleaning to like for him not because he asked her to but just because like she just fell naturally into that role probably from living with her mom and she needs she that's the way she feels comfortable around around the house, like kind of taking care of her parent, even though Charlie is more self-sufficient, it sounds.
0: Yeah, it's something that you could you could look at her um, as someone who's had to take on responsibility that maybe she wasn't ready for as a child mm-hmm. and overcompensate for her parent um, and see that as maybe a, a response to, to having some needs that weren't met in childhood. And you could also see it as just an element of her character. I'm not really sure what the story's going for, but it is interesting how it does feel like Stephanie Meyer... and, and we can compare this to how the character from I Am Number 4 was set mm-hmm. up, how we didn't feel like he he felt like a well-rounded... Yeah,
1: he didn't feel like he was a, an actual person. Actual
0: person. Bella feels like a well-rounded actual person, where actual thought was put into mm-hmm. how she is, the way she is, why she is the way she is. And she might not be the most vibrant, fascinating character that you've ever read, but she's not... She's a character. She's a character. Like, and she's yeah. not just an inherently boring character that hasn't, doesn't have any depth, which is important because I think one of the things that I remember feeling back in the day, and and a lot of people said, I think, um, like to criticize Twilight was that Bella was a boring character, that she didn't really have a personality. And I would have to disagree. I also
1: disagree. I was actually, I was going to say, I was surprised rereading this, especially in the beginning kind of before the relationship with edward and we'll talk more about their relationship and, and how that changed as the characters later but like i was surprised especially in the first third to find how relatable i thought she was like because we're getting her perspective and she's moving to a new school you know she's in a situation where she's uncomfortable um but her thought process is really relatable about her social anxiety and not wanting to like she's having conversations with characters that she doesn't want to be having but she's also like i don't want to offend them so i'm just gonna you know uh i'm just gonna have this conversation and hopefully i'm coming across like nice enough but not very encouraging I'm like I have had these similar thought processes of being in conversations with people where I'm like I do really want to get out of this but I don't want to be mean about it so I'm just gonna keep nodding and like go keep
0: going and you know what it is I think that can be interpreted sometimes by people who are reading it which I may have even interpreted it this way at, at times but I think A lot of people can almost see that as her thinking that she's better than other people, or I I, I almost got the sense, I've seen some people review the books after the fact and criticize them and have issues with Bella as a character, and I feel like I remember some people saying things like, she thinks she's better than everyone else, she's always putting down other girls around her, especially because everyone's always about like, oh, you know, I'm not like other girls, that's a problem to have a character that feels that way or whatever. But first of all, I think Bella's thing is, it's not like a, a not-like-other-girls thing. It's like Bella feels like she's not like other humans. People, yeah, <laughs> um, And so she feels like she's not like other people in general. But also, and so that you could find that annoying totally as a character. But I think it fits more with this idea that she's, she's someone who, who's always set herself apart from others. She didn't know how to fit in. She didn't know how to interact. And it doesn't necessarily come from a place of superiority, yeah. but more of a place of not knowing how to meet someone at their level and also feeling like she has to hide her emotions to manage other people's whether or not that's actually like true of the people around her it seems like and you could you could interpret it you could like psychoanalyze it a bit and say like is this how she grew up with her mom managing Mm -hmm. her mom's emotions managing her mom's whims um and being a counterbalance to that does she now feel like she has to interact that way with all the people around her because there were so many scenes Um, when she's meeting all these new people in school where, like you were saying, she was thinking in her head, well, you know, I, 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 I'm feeling this way, but I don't want this person to know. I don't want this person to be offended. I don't want this person to be hurt. Uh, even if that person is kind of encroaching on her in a way where there's like a bunch of boys. I think another reason why people get this, I'm not like other uh, girls thing with Bella is because the story is kind of set up where Bella is this new girl in town, a very small town and everyone's obsessed with her. Mostly the guys. Mostly the guys. Yeah. But even, yeah, the, the girls are all jealous of her. The guys are all obsessed with her. And so there is that going on on the surface, which can be kind of annoying to read because it's clearly it's clearly a fantasy that's kind of being played out right. of being, you know, that person but that everyone's it's obsessed with. But
1: also not Bella's fantasy. She does not want this attention. She didn't anticipate this attention. She keeps saying how much this was not her reality. And on one level, it kind of is like, she... she Almost enjoys it because she never was that way, but for the mo- oh, on the whole, she doesn't like this attention. She doesn't want that. No. Um, and, and you will see her uh, on a couple occasions too when she's having these conversations with people she doesn't want to have, she'll snap because it's frustrating to be in that situation where the person's not really getting the hint and then she'll immediately feel bad because... That wasn't what she wanted to do. She didn't want to make them feel bad. She just really wanted to be on her own and and be able to think through her own things because while all these people are fawning over her, she's also puzzling over in her head this mystery that is Edward. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she kind of wants to focus on that and doesn't really care what other people are doing. It definitely is not a superiority thing, especially to other girls. Like, she does want to be friends with her two main friends, I guess, Jessica and Angela, but she just doesn't know how. And then also once Edward is in the picture, then cares a little bit Then she doesn't care
0: as much. Yeah, Yeah. which again, all things that you can find frustrating as a character, but nothing that I would use as an indictment of the character that I would say, oh, this is a bad character or even a bad person. I think that there's something to be said for the fact that um, maybe if she were a real person who was, say, going to therapy and wanted to improve her relationship with other people, you could talk about how, hey, you don't have to um put other people's feelings over yours. Um or uh you you can be vulnerable with people and let them know, you know, how you feel and, and establish boundaries and things like that. But obviously that's not what this is about. Yeah, you know? This is a lump story. And she's she's a seventeen year old teenager. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, a lot of people don't learn how to do those things even into
1: their adulthood. Yeah. Um But I, I mean honestly the main takeaway for me was how surprisingly relatable she was and just uh, in the social anxiety. And again, not an air of superiority. I I disagree with that interpretation. I see how someone might get there, but I disagree with it.
0: It's almost like, because maybe you feel like the story is trying to, because the story is saying this is a special, different person. And now we can kind of get into more Edward when he gets introduced, because let's talk about the vampires in the world of twilight. What lore Stephanie Meyer has set, set up as you know, the vampires that we're working with. Because, like, there's so many different ways that you could do vampires. Um, and obviously, Twilight has a lot of iconic special features. Okay. Um, so, the first one that comes to mind is the fact that these vampires um, sparkle in the sunlight. Like, if you've seen all those memes and jokes about the sparkly vampires, and you've actually never seen the movie or, or uh, read the book... Yes, they do in in fact sparkle, which is why we're drinking sparkling yes. wine for
1: sparkling vampires. They're crystal glass.
0: Yes. Ooh. Um, um and they also have like diamond hard skin, so they're very like difficult like you can't really hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um they are super fast, super yes, strong, strong, and they also uh, uh, oh, and they also have like it's not just like oh they need to drink blood to survive. It's like they have an uncontrollable like bloodlust, blood like stronger than an addiction, kind of yeah thing. Well, I don't. They say have stronger. the need to feed. The need to feed. Yeah, it's, it's not just like oh, they get hungry, they get thirsty, just like humans do. Of course, you know, we do need food yeah. and and drink to survive, but we don't necessarily get this fiendish, uncontrollable, you know, like every time we get hungry yes. or
1: thirsty, um, <laughs> and and they do like the way that they operate is where they'll do they'll have a feeding go for some time and then they have to feed again essentially Mm -hmm. so they don't even have to necessarily feed at regular intervals um but they do need to uh consistently and um one fun thing is that it impacts the color of their eyes when they need to feed i think all vampires their eyes are more black they're dark um, vampires who drink human blood, their eyes are red when they have fed and they're like good to go. And then the Cullen family or the vegetarian vampires, um, which means that they only eat animals and not humans. Um, their eyes are golden. So I did, I did do golden eyeshadow, um, to, to, uh, commemorate that, but and I, I, did I don't know red, if you can see Which it. I don't know if
0: you can see yeah. So I'm the, I'm the cannibalistic (laughs) vampire. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the
1: vegetarian one. Um, Vegetarian.
0: Yeah. I'm sure actual vegetarians out there are thrilled. Yeah.
1: They, they hate that term. I'm sure. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah. So that's another aspect of like some vampires, most vampires consume human blood. Some vampires like the Cullen family in Twilight drink animal blood only.
0: And then one of the most interesting things is that aside from the general immortality, like unable to be killed easily, they can be killed, but unable to be easily killed, uh, have to drink blood situation. They also have their own personal special abilities that are sort of tailored to each vampire often when they actually turn. So, um, it, and it differs from person to person. And usually it's some kind of trait that they had when they were human. That's, amped up once yeah. they they become a vampire. Because, like, everything's basically amped up. They're also, like, extra beautiful yeah. and everything. Basically to make them a better kind of predator so they can more easily... They attract
1: their prey, which is humans, and humans are attracted to beautiful people, I guess. And so... <laughs>
0: Couldn't be me, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so... So, yeah, so then there's the special abilities. And these abilities are kind of Not well established in some ways because some vampires have more like supernatural abilities that really are kind of beyond what we know humans capable of, yeah. And some are more like amped up
1: human abilities. Let's start with those and then go up to the superhuman because, like, Rosalie, one of Edward's sisters, right? Jesus, yeah, Yeah, sisters, Or, or his sister. Um, she, hers is grace, right? Like she's something extra like graceful just cause like she wasn't, or it's something like that. Um, and then same thing with his mother, uh, Esme. Esme. Hers
0: is, I don't remember what Esme is. I don't remember actually, what hers yeah. is.
1: Yeah. Because it's only it's- mentioned once, just offhand. It's not a big one. Like yeah. Emmett, you get a little, his brother, you get a little bit bigger, where his he's even stronger than the average vampire who's super strong because, like, he was strong in life. So his strength is, like, even more amped up. Yeah. Um, and then Jasper... His is really cool.
0: ...was, like... So I guess he was good with influencing people's emotions in real life. So now he can actually really physically do that where he can, I guess, feel other people and then, you know, turn their emotions down or up depending yeah. on what he, you know, what wants the them to feel. What
1: calls for. Yeah. yeah. Um, then... Oh, what is Carlisle's? I think Carlisle might be his like
0: superhuman self-restraint. Yeah, because which is because he's he a doctor. A, yeah, who
1: can he's a vampire doctor, so he can be around patients with blood and treat them and not drink it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> which is rare for vampires. Yeah, then. they. I mean, even everything that the Collins are doing by being around humans is rare for vampires. Most of the yeah. time, they're nomadic because they're just killing people and they can't stay yeah. in one place or else they're gonna be found, found out um but they you know because they drink the animal blood they can stay in one place and be around humans more often um and then carlisle takes it to the next level by being a a literal doctor who works around humans all the time and is around blood a lot Mm -hmm. so uh he has got his superhuman restraint then we get into
1: alice and edward and so alice straight up can see the future yeah she has visions of the future and it's done in a good way too where like it's based on people's decisions. So if their decision changes, the vision changes. It's not like the future is set in stone necessarily until it like crosses a certain point. Right. It's like free will. Mm-hmm.
0: People can make different decisions, but based on
1: how things are lining up in the moment,
0: she'll get a vision, and that's why that can also be useful because she knows if she gets a vision she doesn't
1: like, it can be. She changed. can do something to change yeah. it. Um, so that's useful. Yeah. And then Edward can read people's minds. Yeah. Just hear thoughts. Which, except for Bella's. Bella's. So maybe now we start getting into Edward specifically. Yeah, let's
0: talk about Edward as a character. So Edward is introduced through Bella's perspective as one of the cullen boys but like the only cullen boy who doesn't who isn't really like paired off with another Cullen. oh we
1: should explain the cullen um dynamic yes yeah so carlisle is the dad vampire and esme is the mom vampire um they're both very young so they adopt they're like in their 20s well they are physically...
0: They're, they're physically in their 20s. In their 20s. They're old. Oh,
1: they've, they've been around a while. Carlisle's the oldest. He's like over 100. Like
0: 300-something yeah. years. And the rest of them are, I think, under 100.
1: Yeah. Edward's the second oldest. He's 97? Yeah. Or 107. No, 97, I think. Because he was born... There's a 7 in there. He was born in 1917. Oh, no, no. Yeah, he was he born, in, born 1901, in 1901. Died, in died 19, at 17. 17. Died at 17 in 1918 mm. from the Spanish flu.
0: Yeah, so he's like 100... He is like a hundred something.
1: Yeah. He's a hundred something. So he's the second oldest. So Carlisle made him. He's his son. Um, then. I don't. It doesn't really matter who was next, I guess. I, I think it was Rosalie. Rosalie was made next. It
0: might have been Esme.
1: Oh, yeah. I think it as, was Esme. I meant of the it, kids. It doesn't That's really matter. So it's, it's Carlisle. Esme, kids are Edward and Rosalie, Emmett, Jasper, and Alice. They're all adopted, but then also um, Alice and Jasper are a couple, and then Emmett and Rosalie are a couple. They're and, and to the outside world, they're adopted brothers and sisters who are now together, so it is weird for everybody involved. Um, and and they,
0: the way that they kind of... Obviously, the way that they kind of make this work is they say that... Um, since Jasper and Rosalie have like blonde hair mm-hmm. they uh they were uh, supposedly the story is that they were adopted into the family after the fact as siblings yeah um from someone in Esme's family so it's almost like They weren't a part of, you know, they kind of... Yeah, they came in in after,
1: so it's not as weird.
0: But it's definitely, but but obviously the reality of what's happening is that they were never, any of them related or grew up in family at all together. They all grew up
1: at different times in their lives. Yeah,
0: but it's just obvious to everyone around them that they are coupled off. So that's kind of why they have that adoptive story to kind of keep things not... As weird as yeah. they could be. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah. So there are all these, like, over a century old vampires going to school, yes. going to high school, which I have so many questions about that. Like, why you would want to go to high school after having probably been... I mean, in my head, I, I don't remember if this comes up later on um, in the books, uh, explaining how many times they've been through high school, but... I, it
1: is definitely multiple times. Like, they consistently go back to high school.
0: I have to justify it by thinking that, okay, they... They don't
1: go for the full four years. They
0: probably want to also keep up, up with how education is changing. Yeah, You know, they don't want to be left Can't behind if they're... that
1: much year to
0: year. If they want to, like, live in society. So, yeah. like, maybe every so often they just come back for that and, yeah, they spend a couple years in high school again. But again, I
1: don't think it can change that much year to year, especially if you're consistently going to an English lit class and reading the same books over and over, which is why Edward, we're going to transition back to him now, um, can, like, he's got all the books for their English class memorized because he's read them so many times or just heard them read so many times.
0: Which, honestly, at that point, like, if I were him, if I were, okay, we don't have to talk about it now, but if I were a vampire, I think I would be spending my time differently. Yeah, me too. But whatever the conceited story. They do story, have infinite
1: time because they don't sleep. So yeah, they don't sleep. It is different than us going to school and spending our time that way.
0: That's true. They have the whole night to also do other things that yeah, are not so, so, like being in high school again. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So Edward. So, so the Cullen situation is that it's it's the it's Emmett and Rosalie, Jasper and Alice, um, and then Edward is kind of like. The fifth wheel, yeah. literally, <laughs>
1: at their lunch table.
0: Um, and so, and the Cullens, uh, as Bella is introduced to them through uh, her classmates, they keep to themselves. They don't really talk to anyone. And when Bella first notices Edward, I think they make eye contact, like across the cafeteria, and he's like glaring at her, and he looks like he, like, with such hatred in his eyes that she's immediately, immediately put off and disturbed, but also yeah. intrigued.
1: She, yeah, like she feels bad about it because she's like, what did I do? She's she's just like one of us. She doesn't want to someone to hate her for no reason. She's like, what did I do? Why does this guy hate me? That sucks. But she's also like, why does this guy hate me?
0: Yeah, like what's going on here? Yeah. And I think something that's true of both Edward and Bella is that the two of them as characters seem to be people who have been separated from others for so long, from, from the greater humanity in the sense that they both feel like outcasts and in different ways, some more literal than others. Yeah. Um, and haven't connected really with another person on a deep level and have kind of gotten into this pattern of seeing other people around them as pretty much the same thing from day day in and day out. So when Edward is this strange boy who's seemingly got some kind of fascination with her but is also like doesn't like her not like the other boys around her um and he's just so different from everyone because literally he's not the same species even if she doesn't know that right away uh he's intriguing and for Edward's part Bella is the first person who he whose mind he cannot read who there's nothing like he can't he doesn't know what's going on in her head he's he knows everyone else even his own vampire family he can read their minds but he can't read her mind, and also her blood is, like, extra... It
1: smells really, really good. Like,
0: extra... extra, extra good. Extra, extra good to him, which both is deeply uncomfortable for him and also, like, intriguing, again. So it's kind of like these two people who were maybe, on some level, bored with life, and then they come across this other person
1: who intrigues them in some way. And so, like... And so, uh, when you think about it from that perspective, it totally makes sense that Bella already not super interested in the people around her but willing to try to fit in does lose interest in the people around her because he is a puzzle now
0: mm-hmm. that she
1: just constantly mulls over in her head and she again being used to being on her own she doesn't need the other people she's got this to occupy her brain and so it does kind of make sense how preoccupied with him that she gets
0: yes and and so yeah so this is where we we are. we Yeah, like she meets, I think it's like, I don't remember if it's the first day of school that she meets them, but whatever it is, because they're not always in school, the uh, colors. Yeah. They don't always come in.
1: The Um, reason that they like Forks, Washington is because it's mostly rainy and cloudy. But on the days where it's nice, um, they can't come in because the sun's out. They're going to be all sparkly, sparkly. <laughs> and that would confuse people. So they don't get burned or anything when they go in the sun. They just don't want to reveal themselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the cover story is that Carlisle takes them all on a camping trip. They're just an outdoorsy family. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So basically we they spent- can also, sorry, they can also afford to miss school because they've done it so many times. They're already pretty good at it. So if they miss a few days... Here and there, it doesn't matter.
0: Um, So getting into Edward as a character, remember how we were both talking about how we weren't really big Edward fans when we read it when we were 12? I mean, I would say that's still true for me in the sense that if I'm looking at Edward as a character that... It's supposed to fulfill some sort of fantasy, which Mm -hmm. is, I think, how a lot of people do. Because it's a book, you read it for fun, Mm -hmm. and maybe you find the main character attractive, and especially if it's a romance, that could be the big part of the a big part of the draw for most people. Is you're interested in the main hero or heroine or whoever, and uh, and or engaged by the chemistry of the relationship. I would say, from that perspective, I'm still like, there's I didn't get any like butterflies over Edward when I was twelve. I certainly don't now. And it's not just because I'm 26 and an adult.
1: He's a perpetual 17-year-old.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like, I would say I'm still... It's still not a story that, for me, fulfills some sort of fantasy. I don't get lost in the romance. I don't get lost in the, ooh, this mysterious vampire guy vibe. That's not what the story does for me. But I will say, I find Edward a more interesting character and a more sympathetic character on some level than i did previously because yeah. edward is a character who gets a lot of flack i'm not saying i'm not even going to say incorrectly so for being toxic <laughs> um, and for being possessive controlling and straight up wanting to like murder bella yeah but i would say that thinking about edward as a holistic character Okay, here's what we learn about him, right? So Edward is this currently immortal being who was turned immortal after a deeply traumatic event where he lost his family. It was the Spanish flu. There was war happening. You know, not unlike the past few years in this world. Yeah. Recently. Um... (laughs) So, he, he's someone who, who knows what it's like to, to witness death and loss, but he's also someone who knows what it's like to now live with a family that is nigh indestructible. Yeah. Um, and then he comes across this human who is suddenly so fascinating to him, and um, seems to wake him up out of some kind of just... Punk. Funk, you know, with life, where he finds other people boring. He talks about just being able to be in people's heads all the time, apparently, is is not great. Um, and he meets this person whose thoughts he can't hear, whose blood smells extra delicious to him. And so it's simultaneously this fascinating thing that he now has to focus on. But also this horrifying thing, because she's human, she's so fragile, he knows he's he's killed humans before because of the (laughs) bloodlust, you kind of can't avoid it when you turn into a vampire at first. It takes some time to develop a kind of a resistance and be able to transition to animal Mm -hmm. blood. Um, And so he knows how fragile humans are compared to vampires. He knows he's also created basically to hunt them. Like, he's not a human anymore. Um, And so it it presents this this interesting conflict for Edward where it's it's simultaneously... um, triggering him in the sense that he's got this thing now that he doesn't want to lose that he knows how easily he could but at the same time it's also bringing up for him the issues that he has with the nature of what he is because he's not at peace with the fact that he's a vampire he I mean he is to an extent because he's used to living that life but you also get the sense as you learn more about him that he thinks that what he is, is, is inherently yeah, wrong. terrible terrible. Um, and you get more of this when Bella starts taking an interest in actually becoming a vampire, because you get this interesting counterpoint to Edward's, like, kind of self-loathing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sort of just, like, con- the fact that he's kind of convinced that, like, whatever he is is inherently evil to an extent, and that it's a last resort type of lifestyle, not one that he would want for someone who is, like, Bella is ostensibly, you know, healthy and normal human, you know, she's not dying or on the brink of death in any way. So um, it it brings up this interesting conflict in him. And while I don't think that you can, uh, that it excuses behavior from him that's concerning or irritating or um, toxic in any way, it explains it and it makes him a very interesting character to me. Mm -hmm. like I would I want to date Edward being that he is he does become very over possessive to Bella in the beginning he's very hot and cold with her very baffling and confusing because honestly I think he's very confused and he doesn't know what what's right or wrong because he's got this big moral issue in his his uh, going on within him about whether he uh pursues this thing that's so interesting to him now that's finally making life you know worth it uh as opposed to also feeling like he doesn't have a right to or he shouldn't because he's dangerous, like literally actually dangerous to her. And like, you know, so I get that there's like a really, a big conflict going on with him. And so like, the fact that he doesn't behave healthily or like normally. I'm like, okay, like, I'm not going to be like, that's fine. Or I would want to be treated that way. Or that or say, obviously, that in real life, if someone has issues that are making it hard for them to interact well with people that you should just it aside because they've got a lot of stuff going on or they've got trauma it's not that but as a character i'm like yeah
1: i'm interested <laughs> so I, I had a little bit of a different take um because i read a lot of his conflict more as uh him being a perpetual 17 year old because he I, I found a lot of there was a level of immaturity that he has that i think bella doesn't have because she was you know we talked about her she was forced to grow up a little bit she thinks pragmatically about things i think he's thinking like all of the things that you're saying but maybe perhaps not as coherently and thoughtfully as she is where you know that's why he's kind of grappling he goes back and forth it's like whiplash between i it doesn't matter. I want you. No, you should stay away from me. I'm a killer. I'm going to be angry at you for no reason and not talk to you. Actually, it's okay. I'm going to be friends with you. He's kind of flopping back and forth. He's not really clear what he wants. He doesn't really know what he wants, or so it seems to us. You know, we, you know we're, we're getting this from Bella's perspective. But I definitely read it as more of an immaturity. Like, he's thankful to Carlisle for saving his life, but also doesn't really like his life that much. So he's almost, it's almost like a rebellion now that he's, you know, getting so close to this thing that he could break, meaning Bella, you know, so he's almost like kind of rebelling against Carlisle, but he can't really, because Carlisle is such a nice guy and he really does love Carlisle. So there's some of that playing into it. And then I think he also like hasn't, he might not have the brain capacity to really come to terms with all of the things that you mentioned, because again, He's perpetually 17. He just, he is immature. I almost found him kind of one-dimensional in his immaturity, almost from Bella's perspective, where I'm kind of like, when you hear him say things, he's not really saying much of anything. Why is this interesting to you? You know, like, I, I was kind of like, as a potential love interest, I'm like, Forget about the toxicity because it, it is there again. For I think you, you explained why very well, but it's also like, hang on, this guy has a lot of growing up that he needs to do, but also he can't do it. Um, is how I, I read him.
0: I mean, yeah, well, I, I don't think that what you're saying even I don't think it directly contradicts, to, yeah, because that's the thing is like. Whether you, if he's a character who has all this baggage, and again, this is how I'm reading him. But at the same time, if you're reading the book, you don't necessarily have to. You might think, I don't think the author put that much thought into, you know, how he's how his behavior is influenced by his past. She very well might have. She very well might not have. have. Um, I think everyone's going to read into it differently, Um, and I'm certainly reading a lot into it. But uh, still, I think it's 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 not really so much about saying that he is capable of processing exactly why he is like he's not I don't think he's he's actually thinking actively in that way about yeah,
1: it does behavior seem like he
0: is I but I think that's what's at play behind yeah. the scenes
1: no and I think that makes sense Which
0: again I mean I know he's not a real person <laughs> and so like is any of this really on page for us to uh, to say that it was like a, a really like there was a lot of thought put into how his behavior is I, I mean I think it's arguable, yeah. It is. Um, but um, but yeah, that's how I'm reading, and so that's why, like, I t- I when I was taking when I was I was looking at him from that perspective, that's why I was able to find him a more interesting character. And while I did still find his behavior like annoying and frustrating yeah. and concerning, I was also more interested in h- in him as a character because I don't need a character to be fully likable or to be fully. Um, you know, like a, be a perfect character in order for me to find them interesting. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and I, I think that that is kind of what I was going to say too. Was like I definitely found him annoying, all of that notwithstanding. Almost every time he spoke, I was like, ugh, Edward," eye roll. Like, really, dude. Um, but it did make me more interested in seeing his and seeing what he was going to say. And despite the fact that it uh, ninety nine times out of a hundred annoyed me. Um, I was interested, like, okay, how is his personality going to manifest here? How is all this going to manifest? I think that does play into some of the strengths, too, of the book and and the
0: writing, as opposed to the weaknesses, because um, what you were just saying about every time he spoke, it was frustrating, this and that. I think part of that is also because, to be honest, dialogue is one of the weaker points of the book. I think Stephanie Meyer does very well with... um, setting a scene.
1: Especially providing... setting a scene through someone's perspective. Yes. I thought she did that fantastic. And that was one of the things, that's why I enjoyed the beginning part of the book more because it was all Bella learning about her her new situation and we were getting her internal dialogue on that. Yeah. So I definitely agree.
0: I think that's why Bella comes across as a much more three-dimensional character than I even expected this time around. Yeah. Because actually paying attention to how her perspective is laid out. Like, again... Not the most intricate, fascinating character you've ever read, but definitely a character, Mm -hmm. and definitely someone who has a specific perspective and point of view, which I prefer. I don't like a character that's bland. I don't want to step into the character and be the character. I want to learn witness this character. Yeah. yeah, learn about them and see the world through their eyes and I think she does that very she well. Does do that well. There's lots of great um, just paragraphs of scenes where Bella's describing what she sees, what she's experiencing, how she feels. And I feel like I'm in it.
1: Like, yeah. I do, that was one of the reasons why I was so invested in this book and, and reading it on the train. Like, it took me out of my commute. It made me, you know, want to go to the Pacific Northwest and yeah, oh, yeah, go hiking totally.
0: and be in the I would the, love to visit forests The forest. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's a lot of times that Bella just spends, like, being in nature mm-hmm. and appreciating it.
1: And that's the thing, too, is... is- she uh, now we're going back to bella but i do really feel like she has so much to her that i didn't remember i didn't remember that she was really into nature i kind of remembered her as someone who like just didn't want to be outside no she was really into nature and that was one of the things she even though she didn't like she preferred the sun and the desert and that kind of stuff but she had an appreciation for where she was you know i don't know it, it was well well done there Edward, on the other hand, we're not getting it from his perspective, so we're mostly seeing his dialogue. <laughs> right. We're seeing his dialogue. And the dialogue,
0: like I said, not the strongest point. Um, yeah. It's kind of awkward and sometimes um, just really... And the dialogue tags mm-hmm. that um, Stephanie used. So, like, you know, tags being, like, things like, she said, he laughed, they whispered, I don't know. Things like that. But there's, like, a lot of, like, he smirked or he snickered. Or like, things like that. Yeah. Like, Honestly, Edward snickered a lot. And he smirked a lot. Too. Yeah,
1: he also smirked a lot.
0: And that just kind of, you know, that kind of takes you out of... It, it's so much different from when you get those, those like, descriptions that are in Bella's head that are describing something. It, it just, it makes the the characters... It, it, t- it takes the dimensionality out, I think, a bit of, of a character. I will say, though,
1: actually, when he, like, would smirk or snicker, sometimes it helped because that was where I was like, oh... Or I don't know about helped, but sometimes it made sense to me because I'm like, yeah, this is the immature teenager who's smirking at, in this conversation where it doesn't make sense or snickering where I'm like, why, why are you doing that? You know? Right. Well, that's but that's also where I'm
0: like, I'm wondering if that's not the effect though that she intended to right. give as the author, right. just because I, I don't know. Like that's the impression that we get. We get the impression that Edward's kind of immature and not. And baffling in how he's... he's and, and, and just not really the attractive hero that you maybe want. Whereas we get the sense that he's kind of supposed to be. Bella and Edward are so obsessed with each other. yeah. And that's so the other thing like that might the... make it frustrating. And, and let's transition to talking about their relationship yeah. together. Because once they sort of get past the... It, it's never really a question of um, are they both attracted to each other. Because sometimes yeah. you have a romance and it builds up the attraction and it's like a will they, won't they kind of thing. And um, even if you know that the characters are going to get together, the characters themselves don't always know yeah. that. And they don't always know that the other person is attracted to them and even how they feel about the other character. In this case, like both characters pretty quickly are like, yeah, no, I'm obsessed yeah. with you. It was more of a when,
1: <laughs> when they. <laughs> when they will
0: get together and how. And, yeah. and, and that is the main conflict really is because uh, I, I've seen people um, really uh, who I think read read like Midnight Sun, and they are kind of turned off by Edward because they realize mm. how much Edward really wants to kill Bella. And now I haven't read Midnight Sun, so not like not either. I don't know how Stephanie Meyer does the intern like his internal thoughts around that. I'm sure it's pretty disturbing. But guess what? When I was reading the story, one thing that does come across really, really, really obviously that like is kind of a well, duh. In retrospect, but I don't remember even feeling this way so much. I know what you're gonna When say, I first read yeah. it, is that yeah, like Edward straight up wants to murder Bella, like, like he, he
1: really does. That's
0: the main. It's conflict. not even just like
1: he wants to taste her blood; like he wants to kill her for her blood.
0: Yeah, because that's what vampires do. Like they can't have a taste of blood and then yeah, and stop. then stop. So he so. he's
1: not even like oh I want to try to have a taste of blood and then stop. He's like no no I want to I want to kill you.
0: and and the thing is it's it's like it's like it's like he doesn't want to in the sense that that's not deeply what he wants no but but it's it's like like, he's got that urge yeah urge and that's the main conflict of the story and so yeah if you're not on board with reading that kind of thing because that's the whole point like the whole crux of the story the whole draw i guess can
1: they be together and he doesn't kill her
0: yeah it's like and so the lion fell in love with the lamb is like one of the quotes um, and it's like, what a stupid lamb, what a sick masochistic lion. That's yeah. what they say. Um, but it's like but that's that also sums it up. It's like it's like the they're two different species, like yeah. it's an interspecies relationship. And then figuring yeah. out how that can actually physically work in terms of like how can they they be around each other when one of them like instinctively <laughs>
1: Wants, to kill, wants
0: to kill the other. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I can't even, like, I'm not about to be like, ugh, like, morally, that's so wrong or whatever. It's a story. No, yeah, it's part <laughs> of
1: the story. Like,
0: um, And I think there was a lot, a lot of, like, moral outrage about it. And I get it, because, like, I remember thinking as, like, a younger, when I, when I was reading it when I was younger, like, one of my issues with Edward was just that, God, he's so... I mean, I don't even think he's, like, fun to be around, because he's so tortured by who he is and how he is around her um but Bella as a character doesn't care because she kind of is also tortured yeah around him I, and I they're just so like they're just so wrapped up in each other they don't even care
1: yeah so I, mean, I, I have do, to say like the love story to me was the weakest part of this book Dialogue notwithstanding. I ended this being like, you don't know each other at all. I don't understand how you could be this in love just from physically being next to each other. Because we don't even see them having too many conversations where they're getting to know each other. And when they are getting to know each other, it's more about Edwards and his internal demons with his bloodlust mm-hmm. there are some scenes where he's asked like they play 20 questions and he is learning about her like we don't past, see that on page but though. we don't. yeah exactly we don't see that so i guess maybe that's part of like i i have a hard time feeling like they actually did that um and so i i kind of because their their attraction to each other is so intense and on edward's part it kind of makes sense because of the physical attraction and because like in terms of the blood and how good she smells and also in terms of oh this is someone whose mind he can't read like this is amazing he's getting to know her like a normal person that he hasn't done in a hundred years i could see him at least thinking that he's in love just because of this novelty and we talked about he's also a puzzle to her. I mean, like, he's, he's, a vamp- also he's literally a, a vampire. He's literally a vampire. But that, to me, is not the basis of, oh, I'm in love with this person.
0: No, but it's like, it it makes the, the mutual fascination make sense.
1: Yes. and I'm there. I get that. And
0: I think, like, because they're young and this is the first time they've felt this way about another person, I think I can buy it. Like, here's the thing. To me, Edward and Bella are like, that couple in high school that always made up made out like against your locker and you were really annoyed and disgusted by them yeah and maybe sometimes you all overheard their conversations and it was kind of concerning. Oh my God, yeah but you were also f- you were fully aware like you, you you totally bought that they were like completely wrapped up in one another
1: like you yeah you, that's true i have a couple question- that i have in mind and i'm like yep no nope, i don't know i don't i didn't get why
0: you might not get it yeah
1: from the outside you might not get it yeah but you fully
0: you know that from the inside they get it whatever it is that's true and i will say (laughs) you're right i think
1: that is at play here it is unquestionable that the two of them are completely devoted to each other whether or not i do understand it which i don't and that's not i'm not like a cynical person about love stories either like i can i can get invested Um, this one I had a hard time and I think the other reason I had a hard time with it too is because I felt like Bella became a less interesting and well rounded character once she and Edward got it into it and the main they were together because I don't know I found her observations leading up to it like all throughout the um, the actual like uh, exploration into who he was and all of that was more interesting because she was also still having other interactions with other characters. Once it's just her and Edward, it's just her and Edward. <laughs> and we don't get that her same perspective on everything else around her because it's just the two of them. And I really missed that because I really enjoyed I enjoyed her perspective and I didn't care so much about Edward. I didn't care about Edward as much as she did. So I was kind of like, "All right, let's go. Why don't you go like talk to Charlie or Mike or anybody else, you know?"
0: Yeah, and I think it's that is maybe a weakness in the storytelling a bit. It might be. I mean, it could, it also, I could it also chalk it up
1: to just my personal personal preference. preference. Yeah. It could be personal
0: preference about you are more interested in Bella as a character, whereas if you're more interested in the dynamic between Bella and Edward, it might you wouldn't have that same yeah. problem. Um, and I would say I felt the same way. Their with, their dynamics seem to take away from each other as characters, as opposed to well. Edward, it's not really... Bella is a character because mm-hmm. you're from Bella's perspective. But um, I, I would say I felt kind of similarly. But I, I didn't feel like Bella really fundamentally changed as a character. I just felt like the...
1: No, I think you're right. I, I don't think that she changed either. It was more just... Her focus changed. Her focus it changed. It was very... And what
0: she was focusing on, and especially because it, it has to also be with more dialogue and whether or not True. we buy into the relationship. If we're not... Like I said, if we're looking at the, them as that, that couple in high school who's, like, really annoying and it's like... You're you're just kind of like, yeah. okay, guys, can you like move so I can get to my locker, um, yeah. which is kind of more the attitude that I feel towards them as a couple. Then you're not going to be thrilled by yeah like that second half where it's really just all about them finding out about each other and um and then of course uh, there's just the 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 bottom line not-so-great behaviors that we do get, which is Edward stalking Bella, basically.
1: Yeah. He, he um, watches her while she sleeps. Like, he breaks into her house and watches her while she sleeps.
0: Right. And that's just, that's I'm sure... He does if, that
1: before they're together, too.
0: Yeah, right. And the thing is, though, what's so funny, I find funny is that Bella is not really creeped out. No, she kind of likes she's it. Like, she's like, okay flattered. with it.
1: She's just like, sure. She's not flattered so much by all the attention from these random guys at school she's getting, but she is flattered that a vampire is watching her sleep.
0: Yeah. Um, and and then also the scene where he follows her when she goes to Port Angeles. Yeah. And there's a scene where um, like a group of men almost like corner and attack her. And, yeah, it's
1: actually very scary. Yeah,
0: because she, she goes off on her own. Uh, she was going there with friends, but then she goes off on her own um, because she's just really, at this point, she's already met Edward and she's already kind of wrapped up in him, like, mentally. So she, so just she was kind of... looking
1: for a book that she thought might help her understand vampires. The bookstore wasn't great, so she started exploring the town to see if yeah. she could find a different bookstore or something.
0: And then she's just realizes she's kind of off on her own, and so she's starting to try to go back to, like, where other people are, and then all of a sudden she realizes she's being followed and then there's these creepy men who are about to corner her when Edward shows up and obviously he can read minds so yeah. he was able to read he knew that she was in danger um not her mind but you know the men who were stalking her and then takes her out of danger which on the one hand it's like great i mean like I mean, yeah
1: like we we want her to not be in danger like obviously i don't want I don't it's want like a, to out
0: of the frying pan into the fire with yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah
1: and but, so, it, but also the it's just the way that it Edward comes out. Edward
0: followed her all the way to Port Angeles. It's Which not is like an a town, hour away. It's not like a town where they were all would all just be there anyway. No. It was like he
1: deliberately followed her. And and that's where it's just And then once he saves her, like he doesn't want to talk about the situation. He doesn't want to talk about what the men are saying, like in the, or thinking in their minds. And and part of me is kind of annoyed by this because Bella kind of asks, like Well, I think the reason
0: in the book, if I remember correctly, is because he needs to be distracted away from them because he, like, his killer instincts have kicked in and he wants to go murder them. But there is also
1: an aspect of like protecting her, past just physically protecting her, because we talked about he's afraid of breaking her. She is human and fragile, and he is strong and almost. Indestructible, but like he he takes it too far. You know it's like
0: a, it, it can feel like a little bit of like a hyper heterosexual. It almost dynamic.
1: actually feels like okay. So I know how I talked about earlier that he's like perpetually 17 and immature and whatever but it also almost feels like he's trying to be her father simultaneously with the protection and i don't like it not
0: that a father being super overprotective is great either no 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 i'm not even saying that i'm just more that dynamic i'm like
1: the dynamic is also weird when it's a guy who also wants to be your boyfriend slash kill you yeah the fact that he's also trying to be this protective father figure is like it's too much for me or not too much for me but in terms of like If I'm her, I would absolutely hate it. And she also doesn't like it, though. No,
0: that's what's so interesting, is that she doesn't like it, but she also doesn't blame him for it. Right. That's the thing. Bella is very understanding.
1: She really is so understanding.
0: And, again, it's one of those things where it's why a lot of people take issue with it, I think, understandably. Which, just because I was explaining how it kind of works for Edward as a character and how I read him, doesn't mean I'm saying again that his behavior is, like... Good or aspirational. And again, like, just because I can understand Edward as a character, I'm not attracted to this character. I would find this kind of relationship suffocating. I would find myself feeling like I would have to do a lot of emotional labor for Edward because while I can be understanding of the fact that he's going through a lot and he's also a completely different species who has completely different requirements. Um, and is trying to kind of almost fight his nature in order to, you know, be there for me, I also... There's, like, a lot of emotional work that Bella has to put into that that I wouldn't want to do. Me either. Personally, you know? Um, I think that there's in real life relationships where you're working with with other people and you and everyone has been through their own story and has their own stuff that they're dealing with it's not like everyone has to be an expert on
1: themselves to get into a relationship no, there's or always going to be some sort of like give and take where you're always. working through things with someone else mm-hmm. like to help them and like yeah this but is this just, is
0: extreme yeah and Bella is someone who is very understanding and honestly seemed to want to do that for the people around her, she, yeah. which you could also see as immature and, and 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 more of a response to trauma than an actual character trait that's just who she that's is. That's
1: true. I, I think maybe one of the things we could have touched on more is, is that immaturity aspect where I do feel like she's more mature than Edward in terms of like... Being emotionally aware. Being emotionally aware and also like coming to terms with situations. Like he's constantly fighting his situation in some way, shape or form. She is always accepting even in that that scene where um, she's about to get assaulted by these men. Like Edward made a comment like what was going through your mind? You looked some way and she was like I was just trying to figure out like thinking about like the best way to attack them. I won't go into detail. It's a little graphic. Not that graphic. But the best way to defend herself essentially like she was like yeah i and even when we were seeing her she was like yeah i'm gonna get attacked and like i just have to do what i can to help myself even even if it's gonna be futile like this is just what it is i gotta try um but she also takes it to to a fault like it's immature almost that she doesn't fight more of uh, against her situations like you know she there's a balance right yeah and there's a balance that she doesn't... each
0: on one on on either side of the spectrum and maybe too extreme in, in yeah. some ways and now um but yeah but i think it speaks to kind of um you know the fact that we're adults at this point yeah. that we're able to analyze these characters in this way as opposed to to being 12 and just kind of being pretty simple about it which is not necessarily bad no. like again in real life the main thing is if you're going to get into a relationship with someone like knowing yourself and knowing uh, and having a good idea of who the other person is is going to help you make a good decision. In this case though, we're just reading a story. Yeah. So and also
1: like when you're just reading a story, if you just as long as you enjoy it, I can think that's really the main it's thing. Fine. You you might want to think about why, why do you I enjoy, enjoy this? But also it is or why do you not enjoy you know, it? Or why do you not enjoy it? Which, but at the same time it's here for yeah entertainment.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, I would say like, you know, for me, I would find Edward very suffocating yeah. and I would, it's like, a, it's like one of those things where it's like, if, if you have the, this impulse of like, oh, I love this person, but I want them to change in some fundamental way, like maybe that's not the relationship yeah. for you. So like Edward, not the guy for me. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Um and I think uh, another... Just to touch again on Bella being so accepting. She takes the fact that Edward and his whole family are vampires very much in stride.
0: And that's... Okay. Fascinating thing about Bella. Because it's almost like... And we see more of this in later books. But it's almost like you get the sense that Bella was this human that was born to, to become be a, vampire. a vampire. Like,
1: this is kind of what she was waiting for. It doesn't really... Like, it. she... The thing I love, actually, is that she has normal human reactions to it. Where, like... It makes her nervous. It makes her scared. Like she does get scared of Edward when he like shows his vampire side, but then she turns it around and controls it. And it's like, yeah, but
0: it's like, just cause I'm afraid of it doesn't mean that I'm not, I I, I don't like it. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like the human instinct of fear versus like the deeper truth of who you are. And th- her truth is that she's, really into it not just like right. in the sense that she finds edward attractive but in the sense that it's a life she wants yeah. to lead <laughs> and and this is one of the things
1: i found really interesting about her too because um and I, that i didn't remember like i didn't remember her i just remembered her being all in you know i didn't remember her actually having all of these other very real reactions that she then thinks through and controls and is like yeah but that's just that's just my yeah, I'm, i know i'm scared but also I'm going to sh- pretend like I'm not and I'm going to then I'm going to push it away because I am interested in in what's going on. So I it that's one of the things that I really found like very uh enjoyable about her character. There was a lot of facets. Yeah. 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 So, so. I think there are two things that we need really need to cover. Yeah. before we end this. And I think the next one has got to be Baseball the scene. baseball scene yeah um so if you've seen the movie and if you've only seen the movie you probably remember the uh, scene where the Collins go play baseball um it's iconic i mean the music is great alice not teeing up. What is it like? Pitch, setting up pitch to pitching. pitch her ball. Yeah, it's <laughs> pitching. No, no, no. But like teeing up her pitch, like setting up her pitch. Her the whole fluid th- motion. They replay that same thing two times in the movie. I think it's the Which same exact shot. Which is probably not
0: actually good form for like
1: literal real world pitching. But no, she's like, a it's vampire, not good form, but it doesn't matter. Pleasing. Yeah, the whole they're they're playing on a giant field during a thunderstorm because when they hit the ball, it goes so far and makes such a loud noise. They have to use the rain to cover it, like or the thunder to cover and not the rain. So and it's just it's just fun. Like you're just watching this family have fun together. That scene is amazing. Well, if you haven't read the book, but you have seen the movie, guess what? That's in the book. Um and it's pretty much just as enjoyable.
0: There's fewer like one-liners in the yes. in the movie there's like an actual one-liner. And it's
1: like super quippy and you yeah. know, everything is just like smart cringy, and sharp. Yes, was fun. but amazing.
0: Like, like, well, that's the that's the thing. A lot of this is like cringy, quote unquote. Yeah. And again, like I amazing. use that kind of like facetiously, like, cringe culture is stupid, but like cringe culture is it's cringe. still a thing. But <laughs> <laughs> but it was a little cringy. It was fun. Um and um, but in the books, yeah, like there's less of that, but it's still like if you've especially if you've seen the movie, like, you can kind of like put yourself into. Yeah, it. yeah. Uh, and this is in the book. It's after. I know we haven't really gotten into the plot. I guess we're just kind of assuming that if you're here, you've already.
1: You know enough about Twilight, because it's a phenomenon. But this
0: happens basically right after, like, Edward and Bella finally are like, you know what, we can't stay away from each other, so we're just gonna, like, be a thing, and so then we're gonna, I'm gonna meet the family, Bella meets the Cullens, and then they're like, oh, there's, it's gonna rain tonight, so we're gonna have a baseball baseball game. game, um, yeah, and so then we really get to see, like, uh, the Cullen family dynamic, and I think That is one of the things that's really the main draw. If you're not here for Bella and Edward's dynamic, which uh, I wasn't when I I was younger, especially.
1: I'm still not. um,
0: Then you might just be here for the Cullen dynamic, the family dynamic. I am
1: here for the family dynamic.
0: Um, Because I love all of the side characters, basically. like They're fun, and the family dynamic is fun, and seeing them all get to
1: um, play baseball together. And enjoy themselves is fun. Yeah, It does get quickly... Uh, cut short because
0: then the, we, fu- we the, the main
1: conflict of the book, which happens at the very way, end, of the book, like
0: way at the end. Well, it, it's not, it's the, not main the main conflict, conflict but like, the, the main action. action yeah. the main conflict is like Edward Bella and Bella. And Edward. Can
1: they coexist?
0: How can, how can they coexist without being without murdering? Yeah. Without Edward murdering Bella. Yeah. Uh, side note: I didn't say this earlier, but I was I thought it was funny how it's like Edward is super thirsty for Bella's blood. What Bella's just straight up super thirsty for Edward.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's pretty, pretty true. Pretty
1: true. I guess there are probably she is actually there are like multiple scenes where like he kisses her and then she like goes at him and he's like he's whoa. like whoa. <laughs> I wasn't not only am that. I a
0: good Christian boy, but I am also. But also,
1: I want to eat you. So. Maybe-
0: <laughs> um. Actually, I don't know if he's Christian, but he does have a thing where he doesn't believe that vampires have a soul. Yeah, and that's a big sticking point for him with why he doesn't want Bella to become one. So yeah. anyway. Anyway,
1: we're talking about the Carlisles about now. The, yeah. And the uh, I mean sorry. The, the car- <laughs>
0: I, mean, I, mean, I mean yeah. He turned like half of them. He the did band. turn half of them, so,
1: so they are the Carlisles. <laughs> it's Carlisle and Carlisle the Carlisle and
0: <laughs> the Oh they should start
1: a band. They should start They could a band. they have enough time to like They do, I'm sure one. I'm sure there are well, Edward can already play the piano. Oh my God, the car right, I can feel us getting more unhinged. Let's uh No, let's let's Embrace that. Let it happen. Let's unhinge. Okay, let
0: unhinge. Um, but yeah. Anyway. So so the baseball game. That's when like um, these other out of town vampires show up and they hear the baseball game and they come and want to hang out.
1: And they're normal vampires who eat human blood. Yeah, drink human blood.
0: They drink human blood and so they're like they've got the red eyes and everything and so this is a big deal because Bella is with them and, and she's a like- human, and so they don't want them to notice Bella, because also, like, not only is Bella more, like, smells better to Edward than anyone else, and, like, it is established that she smells better to Edward specifically than anyone else, but also she smells better than most humans to other vampires,
1: yeah. too. They so generally like, all are like, yeah, you yeah. smell
0: good. Um, so, like, if they smell her, like, it's gonna be a whole thing. And then, of course, they show up, and, of course, like, things are going, like, well, but then all of a sudden, it's, like, one of the, the three vampires turns out to be a tracker, which... They didn't really explain it, but But I'm assuming it means that his special ability is that he's really good at hunting. That's what
1: I understood it to be. Like, so everyone else has their special abilities. His special ability is he can really track and hunt people and really enjoys it.
0: Yeah. Really enjoys it. Really enjoys it. And like, so like once he's on the chase, he can't really stop himself. Mm -hmm. And not that he would want to. He's not someone who's fighting against his nature. So he's like, I'm He's He's a straight up vampire. He's just like, I'm going to live my life. Yeah. You know? And like... I know he's the main baddie, and he's pretty cruel, but I'm also just like, I mean, that's the thing, is like, this is why Edward is so...
1: But also his (laughs) name is James. Yeah, his name is... Which I feel is James. If you're gonna be like that cool and badass of a vampire, James is kind of a letdown name. <laughs> wow, we
0: came for John's last episode. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we're going. But we're going meanwhile, we've got like Edward. <laughs> I know
1: Edward, also, but like, which Edward, we do have
0: a couple family members named Edward. So, uh, no offense to Edwards. No, it's not. It's just I wasn't very... even gonna
1: say. Honestly, Edward makes sense for him because he was turned in the early. 1900s. That's why and, all of them
0: have like Rosalie and Emmett yeah, and Jasper. Like Jasper. Jasper was a Confederate soldier. We didn't even we, we didn't get,
1: touch upon that, and we because don't that have doesn't to, come up in this
0: book. Um, we'll talk we about it in later other, books. Yeah, if we
1: yeah, read them, we the, um, and we'll talk about other controversial aspects of the Twilight series if we if we read those books and do. Let us know in the comments. Do you want us to do the other books in the Twilight series? Because if you do, we will.
0: Yeah.
1: Because um, um, we didn't really talk about Jacob in this episode, but obviously
0: there's a whole lot with the Quileute people and um stephanie meyer kind of co-opting their heritage for the story and um, how that's
1: you know co- like and and that comes a tiny bit into play because bella finds or jacob tells bella a uh, a story from his tribe from his tribe about the he, cold ones he doesn't believe but like it is actually true because the cold ones are the cullens the cullens um but we don't get we, too much. of No, them. we don't get too much of that. That definitely comes more in the second book. So, if we do read that one and, and discuss it, we'll we'll, we'll talk bring, Yeah, we'll talk more, and about we'll talk
0: that. more about Jacob because we. Don't, we'll talk he's just about like Jacob. a really sweet, nice, kind boy. In At this, least in the first book. Yeah. In this book, he's just yeah. anyway.
1: So yeah, but the baseball scene gets cut short because James d- decides he needs to eat Bella. So then everyone's got to disperse.
0: And I will say this is where, like we're. T- I was talking earlier about. A lot of times, I think with like, especially with like paranormal romances, but with any kind of like fictional story, it's about getting into the fantasy of it. And, and sometimes, when you can't get into the main premise fantasy, which in this case is the paranormal romance, it doesn't work for you as a story. And so, like we were talking about how Edward and Bella doesn't really work for us as like far as getting into their relationship. But an aspect of the fantasy that I think does work for me, to a personal extent, a little bit, is the fact that like the Cullens immediately are so protective over Bella as a family
1: Yeah, in this
0: way that, like, not so much the physical, like, because there's this this whole thing where, like, they can all run really fast and they, so they're passing her around, like, literally physically, like, picking her up and running around with her. And it's, like, the whole family. So the thing is, like, I know, like, on the one hand, like, Edward being that physically protective and, like, controlling of Bella is uncomfortable but on the other hand like the whole family like immediately being once she's in danger
1: they're like yeah you're gonna take care of you and from a family perspective like that's kind of what you want like you want someone if you if you're if you need help you want them to want to help you like that and like almost unconditionally Mm -hmm. they're like yeah you're basically part of the family now even though you and edward have only been together for like a few weeks. But it's maybe? the
0: first time he's ever been interested yeah. in someone, so they're all excited yeah, about so it. Yeah, so they're all
1: like And interested. they also
0: know what would happen to him if something were to happen to her, which yeah. again, as much as that might be like having someone's well-being so thoroughly tied in with your own is like in real life very suffocating and distressing, it's also like nice that they care so much about
1: it each is. other. It is. It is. Cuz they really do. They are as a weird family as they are, which we'll talk a little bit more about probably. Um they really are a family. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so that's the aspect I thought was really nice. I mean, it was like even Emmett and um I
1: love Emmett's relationship with Bella. He is like the big burly brother who immediately like acts as her brother and like is is cool with her and uh is just like down.
0: Yeah. And yeah. it's like in contrast to Rosalie who's like the only one who really doesn't like her because which I also which find is, is also realistic. Yeah, no. It's because cool Rosalie, that they added that
1: dynamic because it does make sense yeah. that one person, or at least one of the vampires, would be so concerned about their whole family well being that they don't like Bella.
0: Yeah, and it's simultaneously that she's she's um she's concerned about the well being of the family and also that she's jealous of Bella. And she wants to be it human. goes deeper than just like like being jealous of someone because you know, oh, they're prettier than me or something. Which oh, yeah, again, it's like, no, not that. I'm not saying I'm not criticizing that as like a thing that actual people go through. But like in this case, it's it's not meant to just be a surface level like girls not getting along thing. It's meant to be like Rosalie has a past. She has. Her own ties to her humanity that was taken away from her, and we learn more
1: about this, and in we later learn about books. it later so it's on. Really but, it's, this, but
0: it's more. It goes but Stephanie Meyer sets
1: it up in this book, yeah. yeah. And so
0: there's a lot of thought put into the personalities of all the other mm-hmm. Collins, so that even when you don't get that many scenes with them in this book, like they're all very distinct, yeah. And and it's cool to see them all come together as a family and like take care of her, and even Rosalie joining in when she doesn't want to be, like involved she's still involved because her family is and it's cool um and just like there's also a scene where um jasper and alice take bella to phoenix while the rest of the Collins split up and try to distract james and um, like, Bella's, you know, clearly, like, she's upset about everything that's going on, and she's afraid she's never gonna see Edward again, and she's crying, and she's, like, really tired, and so she falls asleep, like, next to Alice, and she wakes up, and, like, she's, like, still being, like, cuddled by Alice or whatever, yeah. and it's just, like, it's a just really nice, nice like, scene. Yeah. And I was, like, aww. Aw. <laughs> like, I want a, like, an indestructible vampire family to take yeah, care of me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get it. So I was, like, into that. We've changed... Uh, for our next section, which is yeah. kind of like a little bonus discussion. Bonus discussion. I'm going to try to redeem myself from earlier yeah. by opening this, um, if I can. So we've got a, a different one. We've got a sparkling red, which I've never had before. So um, we'll see. So we'll see how this goes. But we figured sparkling red is, you know. It, it makes it's sense. It's vampire-y. Yeah. Let's see if I can open it this time. This one. Get that.
1: Yeah. Oh, don't aim it towards yourself. <laughs> Could pop out on its own, so <laughs> do not let it. I've had that happen to me before where I took the cage off the thing and then.
0: Oh, I did it! And I didn't kill myself. Yay! Yay. Ooh, ooh,
1: fun ooh. Color. Yeah. You can't see it because it's not in it frame, but. Ooh, ooh, ah.
0: Ah, Ooh. I'm excited to try it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. More? Yeah, I'll take it. You know, it's red like blood. Yay!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. I would like to propose a new toast to our discussion of Team Carlisle versus Team Team Charlie.
0: Charlie. So, you know, we figured...
1: Mm. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, that's really sweet. It's not bad though. It's not bad. It's sweet though.
0: But it's it's not at all like like a
1: red wine. I get a hint. A hint of red wine. Mhm. Elsewise juice.
0: Elsewise juice. All right. Um Okay. So we figured because, you know, we're adults now, you know, we're not we we're not kids anymore. Yeah. Like we were when we read Twilight for the first time. So instead of Team Jacob or Team Edward, which is, you know, a little bit juvenile. Yeah.
1: Who are we 26 year olds to be fighting over Edward versus Jacob? I don't want that. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> so we wanted to talk about team Carlisle or team Charlie. So let's, I, I think we should each uh, Juliana's team Charlie. I'm team Carlisle. I think we also like in general, I don't know if we, either of us feels that strongly that it's gotta be one or the other. I, I gotta be honest. These are two like pretty decent guys. Um, What we'll do, I think, is describe... I'll describe Carlisle. I mean, you can obviously throw your two cents in. You'll describe Charlie. I'll throw my two cents in. And then we'll discuss who is better and why. And what team we're on. And what team we're on. Um, So I guess I'll I'll start with Carlisle. We did talk about him already. You know he's the dad of the Cullen family. Um, You know that he's a doctor. He's a sexy doctor. It's definitely emphasized, like, Carlisle can get it and um if you've seen the movies yeah he can um at least in that that you know uh, physical depiction of him he um created almost the entire family he created edward then he created uh, esme his wife then he created rosalie rosalie created Emmett, um and then jasper and alice were created separately and then found their way to the cullen family so he didn't create all of them um just most of them. He kind of created Emmett by proxy, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so um, he, character attributes, he's really, really kind. He's really, really thoughtful. He's just nice. He is just a good guy. He's really hot. Like, he, yeah, he's really hot. But he's also just nice. Like, uh, we talked about how close-knit the Cullen family is. He created that. Like, he, he, and I think Edward even says this, like, he makes them better people or vampires like they they all don't drink human blood basically because of him because they believe in him because they believe in the way of life that he's created for them um yeah carlisle can get it
0: now i will say
1: that perspective is also
0: maybe influenced a little bit by the fact that we watched uh cjdx's breaking Dawn part two Video, yeah, and that was and, pretty uh, like perfect. They have a, a Carlisle fan cam in there, and, and, and I'm here for it. I mean, watch that video if you uh, you should check have it nothing out. Nothing else to do yeah. after this. Um, it's good follow up, it's it's good stuff, but um, but I would say that I, I have to agree with most of that at least. Now, yeah. uh, Charlie, on the other hand, let's talk about Charlie, Bella's dad. Yeah. So, Charlie is um. A single, middle-aged, divorcee, not a vampire, fully human, uh, living alone, keeping to himself. Honestly, um, loves his daughter. Has a, is a little emotionally unavailable. Doesn't
1: quite know how to express it.
0: But he's like, but not in. But you a, also know he does. Yeah, but you know, you like, you know that he he cares. You know that he cares, and you know that he wants to connect. He just he has a little bit of a hard time doing it, but. It comes from a... He's got a soft place, you can tell, in his heart for for the people around him. And uh, he definitely also is not completely closed-minded because mm-hmm. he's someone who... Uh, a lot of the people in the town are a little... They talk a lot about the Cullens behind their back and see them as different and outsiders. and he, Which, as we described, is also
1: understandable. Yeah,
0: and pretty early on when Bella brings them up, He's ready to go to bat for them immediately. I was like, "Oh, people are so close-minded in this town, but they need to be more open-minded." And
1: Charlie really respects Carlisle.
0: He does. He really respects Carlisle, and uh, and he, he doesn't start having a problem with the Cullens until until the whole Edward and Bella situation, which again, it's like. On the one hand, you could say, like, oh, of course the dad has an issue with the boyfriend. But on the other hand, like, Bella and Edward give him many reasons to be legitimately concerned about their relationship, including and not limited to the fact that, like, at the end of the novel, when she's running away from James the Tracker to keep Charlie safe, um, and because he doesn't know about the vampire thing, she lies to him and and yells at him and tells him that she's leaving him. Um, And she uses the same words that her mom did years ago when she left Charlie, to go move out of Forks because she couldn't stay there anymore and she didn't want to live a boring life and basically
1: Bella tells him the same thing and yet and breaks his heart again. But when she is okay, he is totally forgives her and he's obviously mad at Edward because he knows that Edward had some influence on it. He doesn't quite understand the situation since he doesn't have all the facts. Because Bella told Bella said that Edward broke up with her or she no, broke up with him. No, she Han. broke up with Edward because she didn't want to get stuck in Forks. Yes. Um. It's- but afterwards, I mean, Bella's gut gets in this horrible accident. It's really James tries to kill her, but she lives. And uh, that makes um, Charlie even more thankful to Carlisle, actually, mm-hmm. because Carlisle saves Bella's life. So he's still not prejudiced against the family. It's really no. just...
0: And the concerns he has for Edward, at least at this point, are understandable valid, yeah. and valid. And it's not necessarily... There might be a couple of jokes here or there about him polishing his gun, but it's not yeah. necessarily an overprotective father kind of thing. A little bit neglectful in some senses, maybe not being fully there for his daughter, yes, but on the other hand... They also understand each other very mm-hmm. well because they're both similar in personality. Yeah, and they so. leave each
1: other alone when they want to be left alone. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's a dad. He's a dad. He's, he's a, a dad. real
0: dad. He's doing his best. He's really trying. And but maybe, he's also... dare I say,
1: Carlisle's a daddy. <laughs> 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 I, I want to talk about the cons because Carlisle's got this really big con for me that is a little bit hard to look over, which is that he created everybody against their will, edward was dying did not give consent to become a vampire carlisle just was so overcome by the loneliness he felt with like 200 years of living alone essentially that he saw edward as a prime candidate to like be a companion that seems problematic to me um and as we saw as we discussed like edward does grapple with the fact that he is something that he hates he feels like he's a monster Carlisle did that to him, and Carlisle created Esme when she was on the brink of death, and he created Rosalie when she was on the brink of death. Basically, like, opportunistic, like, finding people who are gonna die, and then resurrecting them as vampires. That is an issue. Did he create one big happy family? Like, kinda, he did, and he's making life as good as he can for them and he definitely is providing for them and i think as a person overall he is like really purely good but there is an interesting moral quandary there yeah yeah and that's hard to, to get over honestly
0: and it comes down to i think how you feel about it as an outsider but at least as we're led to understand internally most if not all of them are grateful to him.
1: Yeah. To an extent. Outside of, I mean, yeah, even Edward is is grateful to him. But like outside of Edward, it doesn't seem like anyone else has an issue. Also, Jasper and um, Alice, Alice were, were created not made. Separately, they were so.
0: Yeah.
1: They're grateful just to have found him and found a place where they can fit in and also like not be bad people. Bad people. I mean, yeah.
0: whether or not like there's a whole... is a vampire
1: bad because they kill people because they need to drink their blood and they're not forcing themselves to drink animal blood, that's like debatable. Honestly. Like, yeah, because that's part of their nature. They're not human beings. They're not, like, murderers, really, because they're animals and are different species now, yeah. you know? like And just because
0: they can feel guilt and, and think and connect with other people, does that mean that they shouldn't also go along with their nature
1: and so does that make carlisle's yeah. actions different because again he's not a human being like he isn't like it wasn't his bloodlust that led him to create these beings but it was his this deep feeling of of needing companionship like maybe that while not excusable is different than if he was just a human being right
0: valid concerns
1: yeah uh, um, and that's Charlie. for
0: Charlie. He he is a little bit um, emotionally, like, reserved and a little bit closed off. I would say you can count that as kind of a con in a sense because, you know, like, uh, he, he doesn't, it's not necessarily a moral failing on his point, but it, it is something that might be a little bit difficult mm-hmm. to work with, you know. He's a little yeah. closed off and also hung up on his ex-wife, right quite funny he friendly, is so. he's still
1: in love with that, renee which that could is, get um, um bella's mom's name i don't know if he ever said that
0: yeah renee. <laughs> yeah i
1: just had a thought but
0: i'll bring that up
1: in a minute okay. um
0: yeah so he's he's still in love with his ex-wife so i'd say that's a, that's a significant con
1: and i'd say another con is like he doesn't ask bella to cook and clean for him but like she does and he's kind of like, oh, if you want to. But like he's so he in that
0: bachelor lifestyle. Yeah, that he's been just,
1: single for so long, he doesn't really. He doesn't see that it's like a little weird that his daughter is kind of, like, providing for him. I mean, in this he does way. say
0: a few things, about it, but he's not—he's not the one who—he's he's not, not going to do anything to change change his it. Yeah.
1: whole deal.
0: Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So at the end of it all, I don't know. What do you think? Do
1: you have a? It's really hard because I actually do feel like these are two characters that now that we're older are definitely like jokes aside, there's just more depth and they're more interesting um than like the relationship aspect of the that rules the book. It's like, oh, I wanna see more interaction with Charlie. I wanna see more interaction with Carlisle. I might be team Carlisle, but like a like by a real slight, slight edge. I think it's the like Charlie has a little bit he's you could say Charlie's more human, like he's got more flaws. Carla is as close to a perfect being in most senses of the word as you can possibly get. So maybe that's where it is, but...
0: And maybe I fall more on the Team Charlie side because I appreciate that humanness and I understand that he's got baggage, but you know, who doesn't, right?
1: That's also true.
0: Um, and I appreciate that he, underneath his barriers, is sensitive mm-hmm. and wanting to do better for his family well
1: doesn't have barriers to his sensitivity proposition team charlisle charlisle okay team charlisle i like it i do know what we we should cheers to that (laughs) team Team charlisle Now, do
0: you think if they had a boy in Breaking Dawn, they would have named the baby John Lyle?
1: Oh my god, I hope so. Uh, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't read Breaking Dawn. They, Bella and Edward do have a daughter, and they name her Renesmee, which is the combination of Renee, Bella's mom, and Esme, Edward's Essentially mom. Essentially their
0: ship name. Yeah, their
1: ship name. So I guess if they had had a boy instead of a girl... They might have named it Charlisle.
0: <laughs> no, I think they were going to name it um, Edward Jacob for Edward and Jacob EJ. Remember? like. EJ? Oh my god, yeah,
1: actually, that's worse. Why I would prefer Charlisle. Why would
0: they do that when Jedward is right there? <laughs> team, so Jedward. team Jedward. Team Jedward. Team yeah. Jedward. <laughs> Forget about Team Jacob or Team Edward. Team Jedward. Jedward. <laughs> um, so I think we solved it. Yeah, yeah. I think we solved it. Is it Team Charlisle as in like both of them are equally valid or, or Team Charlisle as in Charlie and Carlisle?
1: Honestly, I could see it because Charlie does have a deep admiration for and Carlisle. And he did say and something he, about him like all the, all the ladies
0: being attracted to him. Yeah, yeah and he's and well he aware like, that
1: like Carlisle is attractive. Yeah. And I think Carlisle is like sensitive and open enough that like even if he identifies as straight, he wouldn't he wouldn't turn away at exploring his no, identity.
0: I think so too. I think he's open-minded. And I think that, um, Esme, look, Carlisle has been around for hundreds of years and Esme has been around for at least almost a hundred. And at that point, like, you've got to be a little bit like done with the rules of society that say that you've got to have a singular monogamous relationship. Like, I'm sure she wouldn't mind.
1: Honestly, she does seem really chill. She's really understanding the- like, she and Carlisle are a good match because I do feel like they're both understanding. But she might be so understanding that she's like, yeah, you explore your... I, like, I'm secure in the fact that you love me. Go explore your interest in, interest in this other person. And,
0: and, and, you know, what? I don't really care about the fact that, that that would be awkward with Edward and Bella being together. Because, like, it's already it's already kind of
1: a weird situation. So. Yeah who cares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I think that's it. I think we're going to end it there because what else is there to say?
0: Probably a lot. Yeah, but...
1: probably a lot. Um, but I do feel like we had a decent discussion. Let yeah. us know what we missed if you want to hear anything else from us on this topic. I feel like I'm sure we could say more. So, yeah. um comment on the YouTube video on can you comment on Spotify and Apple Music? I think
0: you can leave a review like you can
1: leave a star rating on Spotify.
0: But I think on Apple Podcasts, you can, like, leave an actual review.
1: Definitely do whatever you can to give us feedback, because we want to make videos that y'all like. Um, I'll also be posting this on the Instagram, so you can comment on the Instagram, like, any any suggestions, you know, after, you, after you've after yeah. you watched and listened. And
0: let us know what you think of my handiwork with these yeah, shirts. Yeah, these shirts. I really, I put in a lot of effort to this. These are also, <laughs> Team Charlie
1: and Team uh, Carlisle are also both handmade by Juliana, Moi. so... Um, <laughs> Let us know what you think,
0: yeah.
1: and uh, thank you for watching/slash listening. You can find this on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. If you are listening on Spotify or Apple Music, I definitely suggest you checking out the YouTube just so you can see see us, you know, interacting, see the shirts and stuff. But otherwise, hope you enjoyed it. Find us at Read and Repeat Podcasts Podcast. Um, on Instagram, read and repeat podcast on YouTube, also read and repeat podcast on uh, Twitter. If you do that sort of thing, thanks for listening.
0: Happy New Year!
1: Happy New Year! <laughs>
0: Cheers to Twilight.